Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. As always, my name is Tony Cavallo. I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, the only podcast, the only sports gambling podcast that makes you money. Now, I say this knowing full well that Tony Turney is not doing too well on the podcast. But let me tell you something, folks. Just in time for March, off the podcast, Tony Turney is getting en fuego. And we're going to be giving you some back up the brink strike bets of the week to lead you into the conference tournament. We have a selection Sunday coming up on Sunday. I can't wait to break down the bracket with these three idiots and tell you who's going to win the NCAA tournament and who's going to win you money. We are also going through the rest of the NFL starting QB rankings. Number 20 through number 11 is happening today. I can't wait to dive into it me and Dangles might fight virtually. It's going to be very exciting. And I also have a debut of a new venture, a new way where we can make you money because Tony Cavallo has dipped his toes into the very, very exciting world of NBA Top Shot. But before we get there, folks, before we get there, before we get to Drew, before we get to Dangles, I have to say to our longtime listeners, I have some slightly somber news for y'all. Because the intro song that you just heard from the lovely Gene Makovsky, what has been our intro song since the very beginning of this show? Well, folks, that's going to be the last time you're going to hear that intro song. Because coming on Selection Sunday, we have a little treat for you. A little little tiny treat for the listeners at home coming on Selection Sunday. But Drew, let me go to you, my friend. You've branched out. You've, you've left our little nice little nest here of podcasting sphere. You appeared on the Kendrick Perkins and Gina Paradiso show, Money Grab, presented by the Betting Academy, the Extra Points Podcast Network. You were on that show, my friend. Tell us about your experience and congratulations. Hey, you know, it took it took me from leaving Los Angeles to get on a big time show. Isn't that funny how the world works? But uh, no, man, our friends at the Extra Points Pod, Gina, and I met Mr. Kendrick Perkins today. It just feels like a buddy. I'm going to say it. I mean, I talked to him for about 45 minutes, but I'm just going to call him Big Perk. Um, <laughs> Gina's a Gina's a longtime friend of ours. Um, great to be on, and it was a blast, man. We talked some. We talked some player props. We talked uh, a little March Madness prep in anticipation for next week. And, of course, I gave him uh, Golf Betting 101 and gave a foursome of picks for this weekend's Players' Championship. Had a blast. Check it out. And um, looking forward to uh, some more collaborations in the future with all of us. Yeah, so if you want to hear Schaefer the Sharps picks on his foursome, on everything that he talked with Perkins about, that is the Money Grab Podcast, part of the Betting Academy of the Extra Point Podcast Network. You can find that wherever you're looking for podcasts. We're going to shout him out on our Instagram and our social and all that stuff as we shout out. And Drew, the last question I have to ask, you booked Perk as a future guest for this show, right? 100% Big Perk is confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered. Now, I, now, Tony Squares, I don't think we're telling our listeners uh, the big surprise we have coming for him next week. Is that correct? Oh, we have a we have a couple of guests lined up for the show that I'm very, okay. very excited okay. about. Speaking through a smile. Dangles, what do you got before we dive into our Brinkstruck bets? Yeah, we'll get there. I'm really excited for these guests we have coming up. I did want to just suggest potentially, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. We, we can discuss, but... Um, but I would like to consider submitting our theme song to the Library of Congress to be forever archived as a piece of American history. Just I just want to throw that out there. I think it's a brilliant piece of uh, of composition. Gene Makovsky did a wonderful job. We really appreciate um, being able to use it for the last several years. Um, and and yeah, I don't know how you one goes about doing that, but we should definitely look into it. 
It's it's really going to be hard leaving it because it truly is one of the favorite my favorite things I've ever done is p- help out recording that song, commissioning that song, the little left coasters. We have to segment break. It's going to be hard saying goodbye to that. But hey, this show has changed throughout the years. We are a different show than we are right now. We are no longer ramming it, at least in the podcast sphere. So we're trying to move forward and trying yeah, to get better and trying to make you money. I am so excited for the future, boys, and the guests coming down the line we have are incredible. I have a feeling it's only going to get better onward up onward and upward for the West Coast gamblers. So speaking and onward and upward, it's time to do that right now with our wallets. It's time for the back up the Brinks truck bets of the week. Boys, we've been tasked with giving out a bet every week. We've been hitting them. Dangles has been the hottest out of all of us. Schaefer the Sand Trap is hoping to shake off some of the rust and get back into the golfing world because I hear there's a pretty big tournament going on this weekend. So let's start with Drew Schaefer Crooks. And what do you have for us? Brinks truck time. All right, boys. Well, a little war story for you first. Matthew Fitzpatrick, top 10 bets. And he finished T12 on Sunday. I thought I was dead in the water, but little did I know, you know, golfers come in. If they lose strokes, you can sneak in there. Keegan Bradley, three over through the last two holes. And my boy, who I'll ever be indebted to in my wallet, Tommy Fleetwood, dumps one in the water 18. (laughs) Matthew Fitzpatrick sneaks in that top 10. I win the bet. Shave for the sand trap. He's back. So, of course, where do you think I'm going? I'm going to the Players' Championship, the unofficial fifth major, TPC Sawgrass. 49 out of the top 50 players in the world are here with the tour's biggest purse. I didn't even know this till this week. Guys, playing for $2.7 million for first place. That's wow. more money than any major. So these guys are going to be gunning. And it wouldn't be Shave for the sand trap. If I didn't have a foursome of picks, so I'm going to run through these things. My first, my first bet: Andrew Putnam to make the cut. T4, T5, T7 last three rounds. He is quote unquote a premium ball striker. I will only say that one time. He's a premium. Well, sorry, he's he's a very good golfer. <laughs> um, and and also and also you couldn't the even one make correlation- it a second. You couldn't even make I, I, it a second. <laughs> Premium ball striker. That's that's your that's your Jaguars reference, Drew. That that is what you're going to wear for the rest of the time we're doing the podcast. But when you listen to my appearance on Gina and Big Perk, uh, count how many times I say premium ball striker, and uh, it's not it, that was you know we're we're working on it anyway. He's been in great form, plus 105, just to make the cut, guys. Just to make the cut. I love this bet. I'm betting Andrew Putnam plus 105 to make the cut. Number two, I'm going to my boy Harold Varner the third. We call him HV3. Look, he tied for 21st last event. He tied for seventh in this event in 2018. A top 40 for him. Now he'll miss some cuts. You know, he he kind of once in a while he'll have a bad first two rounds. He won't make it to the weekend. Guys, if he makes it to the weekend, he's dead nuts. He's 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 a player. Plus 250 for a top 40. Love this bet. Uh, Harold Varner III, top 40. Okay, and then my next two bets, if you want to hear some more rationale and all the hard work that I dug into them, please listen to Gina and Big Perk with Schaefer the Sharp on the money grab. Oh, you're I giving us a, a tease. Breakdown there. You're giving us the tease. Absolutely. I'm giving a big tease. I'm playing Patrick Cantley in a 72-hole matchup against Bryson DeChambeau. And my best bet of the weekend, top we're not calling top 10, Tony. It's top five, Tony Finau, plus 275. Drew, those those odds don't seem that great. Oh, wait. It's top five American Tony Finau. He has to finish in the top five of American golfers. My best bet, Tony Finau, top five American, plus 275. 
Players' Championship. A lot of money to be made both for the golfers and for the gamblers. I can't wait to see it unfold. Dangles, my friend, where are you going? Before we get to Selection Sunday show and it's all college basketball left and right and left and right, there's some other things we can gamble on, or are you going to stick with the college ball? Tony, I'm actually going to follow the lead of uh, our friend Schaefer the Sand Trap here. I'm going to go to TPC Sawgrass. Of course, I've been yeah, to. Uh, of course, I've been to many times. Uh, I've watched a couple rounds of the players at it. As I've said before, going to a live golf tournament is probably my favorite live sporting event uh, that I've ever been to. Uh, the players is great. So I don't like the idea of picking winners, right? I just feel like in a golf tournament, four rounds, it's so hard to throw a dart at a board and, and hit that kind of a hit that kind of a thing well. So instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna drift into some top ten territory top 10 Mm. i'm gonna go to a guy a los angeles boy a ucla grad and a long beach native patrick cantley to finish in the top 10 at the players championship guys patrick cantley has not finished worse than t17 since october of last year um he's finished 15 3 2 13 and 17 uh and then one in uh in the times before that this guy is on fire. He's as consistent as anybody. He's made the cut in both majors that he's golfed in. Patrick Cantlay to make uh, to finish top 10 plus 225, and I'm probably going to sprinkle just a little bit on Colin Morikawa in the top five at plus 400 because he is as hot as anybody in golf right now. I love it, and Drew loves it too. That's his man to beat Bryson DeChambeau with many of the same reasoning you just gave on Let's that go, Perkins dang. podcast. Let's go. Before, we, before we get off of TPC Sawgrass, I did want to mention because I loved this, the rule that they instated on hole 18 everybody talks about 17 right at, at tpc sawgrass the island green and it's there's it's a challenging hole it gets windy you got to be picky with your clubs but 18 18 is a challenge because you got that lake to the left and the dog leg and if you hit it if you shank it you're done if you shank it your day is over and it's a par four and you're not going to be happy everybody thinks you're done after 17 but you still got that challenging 18 rule De- bryson DeChambeau, our master driver here what, what did you what would you call him drew he's a master though he is not a premium ball striker he's a master he He's is a master a, of the golf ball. He is a master but, ball striker, and he had he had dropped. He had said that he might try and and uh, hop the lake on 18 so that he could have a better shot at eagle on the par four there. But they instated a rule for an uh, intentional out of bounds on the lakeside there, so he's gonna have to drive the fairway just like everybody else. Sorry, Bryson. Amazing, amazing that we're getting into premium ball striking land over and over again. But so let's talk much about premium the sport. Ball striking. Let's talk about the sport that's about to take over the nation, the sport that got canceled the very beginning of COVID. It's time to go into college basketball. And as I said, Tony Turney has been hot off the podcast, and he's about to set this podcast on fire with his picks right now. Because Dangles, as you and I know, as alma maters of a certain college, our blood does not run red. Instead, it runs... Oh, it runs orange, baby. Bleed Yes, it orange. does. The Syracuse Orange are back. And that jackass Joe Lenardi currently has him out of the tournament. And they have to make a run, folks. They have to make a run and win a few ACC tournament games in order to make Joe Lenardi's bracketology, in order to be in the field of 68. And I think they're going to do it. They already beat the piss out of NC State earlier in the ACC tournament. And if you're, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast, but they could be playing Virginia right now. I have one bet for them. I'm not sure if they beat Virginia, one of the best teams in the country, currently ranked 16th in the nation. They got their asses kicked by Virginia the last time they played them. They lost by over 20 points in Virginia, but that Virginia team is a home team. Syracuse is also a home team, and this is a neutral site, folks. The line is at five, and I'm not confident enough to take the plus five, but I am confident enough to say this. This is going to be a defensive struggle. 
The zone defense of Syracuse versus the man-to-man defense of Virginia. It's going to be back and forth, Brick City. And the number right now, the total is at 133 in the backup the Brinks truck uh, bet from Tony Cavallo for a 9 a.m. start on the West Coast, a noon start on the East Coast, is under the 133 for the Virginia-Syracuse game. Also, I'm giving you a bonus bet, because if you're listening to this past that game time and you can't get that in, well, I have another winner for you folks. If you go to DraftKings right now, you can do some gambles on some lines that I really enjoy taking, and this is all about selection. Sunday, where they give you a team and you can say whether they're going to be over or under the seed when the brackets come out. A team like the Purdue Boilermakers, right now their over-under line is 4.5, meaning if they're going to be a four-seed or higher, you're taking the under. If they're going to be a five-seed or higher, you're taking the over. Right now on Joe Lunardi's bracketology, he has them as the second four-seed, the second four-seed, a.k.a. the 13th, uh, 14th team in the nation, according to Joe Lunardi. But let me say this currently the four seed in the Big Ten tournament, set to play the winner of Ohio State versus Minnesota. If you've been watching college basketball lately, Ohio State is one of the best teams in the nation. They're likely going to beat Minnesota and play Purdue. And I predict that Ohio State is going to beat Purdue and beat them pretty well, knocking Purdue off of Joe Lenardi's four seeds into the five, into the six seed. And right now you can take that line at DraftKings, Purdue Boilermakers, to be over a 4.5 seed at plus 250. That's the Purdue Boilermakers to be over a 4.5 seed at plus 250. That is the backup that brings Struck Bet of the Week from Tony Turney, who's dusting it off, baby. We're ready to cut down some nets. We're ready to hit the nylon. I am excited for March Madness. I know these boys are as well. Selection Sunday, we will have a show. We'll be filling out our brackets and telling you where the value is to place your money and make you money. I can't wait for it. But right now, guys, we're going to talk about another way to make you money. It's time for NBA Top Shot. Left Coasters. All right, and we are back. Before we get into the QB rankings, going through numbers 20 through number 11, before we get to talking about the NFL, I want to talk about something that swept the nation over the past month and has only been around for a year. It's called NBA Top Shot, and the best way I can describe it is it is a digital form of trading cards. It is pretty much sports cards meets the stock market. Now, I've dipped my toes into this. I have purchased NBA Top Shot cards, I have purchased a pack, I have made back-end sales, and I have made my money back. But I want you to... I know you two aren't in this yet, and I know you two have some questions, and so I'm going to consider myself the expert in this field now because I am the only podcast member to dip my toes into this, and Shea for the Sharp, Drew Shea for Crooks, and we had an off-podcast talk about this, and you have some questions going around on how this works. So, NBA Top Shot, my friend, have, my, have what I've done over the past few weeks convinced you that it's time for you to get into the game? You know, I'm always looking to optimize uh, my capital in any shape, way, or form in life, in business, and certainly in sports gambling. So I'm intrigued. I watched you open your digital cards live via Zoom. Yes, you did. Uh, I, I can say I was intrigued and excited. So my number one question, I, th- I think what's cool about this is what I, what I understand is you just can't go rip these things and sell them on eBay. There's one source... Of you have a serial number and you have to actually trade commerce and exchange on one site, correct? Correct. It's on the NBATopshot.com site. It's sponsored by the NBA, so it's not some weird my bookie account. It's actual. It's an actual functional thing, and it's uh, it's all non fungible tokens. So it's all part of that world of Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that stuff. So it's it's a legit thing, and it's tied to you. I own these certain cards, and they you could watch these highlights on YouTube as well. But they are serial numbered, they are marked, they are minted, and they are mine. Correct. So my question is. 
why is there a market? Because I know there's certainly a market right now. I mean, yep. I, I've seen the prices of these things. But why is there a market for a video highlight of anything you could just rip off YouTube? Is there any kind of rhyme or reason for this? Or did you do any research on this? Or is it just kind of a new fad? And most importantly, is it here to stay? Is this, is, is this, is this a 2021 NBA Beanie Baby? Yeah. Or is this... A real thing. See, that's questions I'm asking myself, and it's questions I'm asking when I opened up those cards, because I sold a few of them right away to make my money back, and now I'm kind of questioning whether I did the right thing, because they've only gone up in value, and I'm wondering if I, I should have held on to them more to see if I could ride this fat a little bit longer. But I'm right there with you. You could absolutely watch these highlights on YouTube. But Mark Cuban gave a couple of interviews and gave a couple of quotes on why NBA Top Shot is different, and it has to do with the thing that it's kind of like an art house where you don't know whether when someone has a painting, you don't know why it's worth $10 or why it's worth $10 million. You're not the person that's there to put the value on it, but rather the buyer is the person who's there to put the value on it. And I'm just here to make money, folks. I'm just here to get my toes in there and see if I can make some capital in any way, shape or form I can. And I will tell you, I have made quite a capital on these purchases. And I'm also having fun doing it. I feel like I'm part of the new wave. Now, Dangles, I know you've done work on this in your other job and you have other stuff you uh, in, in this world and you're kind of interested as well. As for the fad, whether it's here to stay, do you think it has legs or do you think this is a beanie baby and I should sell out as fast as I can? Oh, I think it's got absolute legs. I, I don't see how you don't look at this if you're not, if you're one of the other leagues, Major League Baseball, NHL, uh, the NFL, absolutely. I don't know how you don't look at this and see an opportunity uh, to put your name on this. I mean, the the, the NBA Players Union, the, the players do get cuts, uh, are, are cut in on this. The Players Union yes. signed, signed off on this. I mean, I mean so anybody who's going to be like, well, the union would hold it up. And the NBA Players Union turned that around pretty quickly, I think, when they saw the money-making opportunity there. Yep. Um, so I, I absolutely think this is here to stay. I think it's a great idea. Regular trading cards are on the rise too these days. You know, you can't yeah. you can't buy a pack of, of football cards or basketball cards from a Target or Walmart. You can't just go in and do that anymore. You have to beat the vendor there in the morning. They're yep. insanely popular because you got a lot of content creators and YouTube influencers who are on Twitch and they're doing what are called breaks where they'll buy a bunch of cards, a bunch of boxes, and they'll actually it's a way for them to engage with the community as well. They can um, they'll they'll sometimes some of them will allow um, viewers to buy in on the breaks um, yep. so they'll get certain cards um, you know certain portions of the box or whatever and that the streamer or the influencer or whatever opens on stream and then whatever they pull out of that is theirs so I think yep. you're, you're seeing it in a lot of ways and I, I don't know I mean Top Shot was, has been around for a, the last year or so like you said um, and I think you know trading cards have kind of taken off within the last year as well as the pandemic is, has you know kind of kept a lot of people at home um, I think they're both probably going to be hanging around for a while rookie cards are a thing again man it's all all about exactly. you know rookie cards are all thing, and I know I know there's a lot of investment too in the Top Shot uh, uh, world. A lot of people are getting behind rookie highlights. That's what everybody wants. I'm seeing the numbers that some of these Zion highlights from last year are going for, and it's it, you know yeah no Dangles. Thanks for bringing up the trading cards because I like I'm sure most you know you or Tony or whoever I collected those religiously when I was a kid. Put about thousands of them in you know my back of my closet my as, as a kid. 
and I actually got them back out a couple weeks ago. I'm going to send about five to 10 to 15 in to PSA to get a grade on them based on eBay. The ones that are going for, you know, 600 bucks. I got, you know, I got a bunch of Michael Jordan's Kobe rookies, Griffey rookies. So I'm really interested to go in that process and I'll share that process with you. Yeah. I'll share that process with you to actually send them into PSA, get graded Schaefer the sharp, marriage school real quickly <laughs> um if you're inspecting your your cards on the floor of your room and you have your head down and your pregnant wife is transporting clean laundry to the closet and she doesn't see their cards spread out and she puts her foot down heel first in the center of a 50 dollars michael jordan upper deck you know metalized card um it's not a recipe for a good evening <laughs> however uh love always wins guys love always wins <laughs> that's it the one thing i like about this top shot thing though is exactly what drew is going through everything is controlled on this website i will never physically hold these video highlights in my hand i don't have to worry about keeping them sacred or keeping them safe and also when it comes to buying packs like dangle said you can't buy a pack of trading cards at walmart or at target these nba top shots it's very difficult to buy a pack but they make it even for everybody what happens is they're going to give away x amount of packs during a drop and you sign up to be in a waiting room almost and everyone's in the waiting room and then once the pack drop begins you are randomly put in line so the there's no like veteran status you can't buy a spot in line you can't it's not first come first serve you don't have to beat the crowd you just have to show up at the certain time and you have a random chance of getting a pack and the packs themselves are randomized as well you could get a Goran Dragic card or you get a Luka Doncic card and again if you want to turn these around right now and you believe it's a Beanie's Baby's fad and it's not going to be here in a year, there is money to be made right now. That James Wiseman card I got, I paid $200 for a very expensive pack, and this Wiseman card is being traded for two grand right now. That one card is going to get me a 10 to 1 investment if I sold today, and I'm still debating whether I want to sell today or whether I want to hold on to it. But those are the games you can play. I do, all my listeners that think this is interesting, I do ask you to do the research, see if you want to do it. There's no money to sign up. You can sign up for free and just sort of watch what's going on but i'm very much having fun doing this and i want you two to join as well and the listeners at home because i think the more the merrier it's just a fun 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 time to have and an easy way to make you money but don't take advice from strangers on the internet is, is also good advice. Also good advice. But you can trust me, and you can trust Shay for the Sharp, and you can trust Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio. And a reminder, if you're, uh, you know, if you're going through your cards to send them to PSA and your pregnant wife has clean laundry, make sure she is out of, you know, just don't have her step on it. And okay. when she does step on it, it's your fault, not hers. I, it was totally my fault. I felt terrible for her for having to step on it. Let's move on. To the QB rankings. <laughs> Left Coasters. Okay, folks, we're breaking back into the NFL QB rankings. We, if you haven't been listening yet, the three of us went into our little workshops and ranked all 60 starters from last year's NFL season, 1 through 60, at the quarterback position. We took those three individual lists, brought them together to make the master list of the West Coast Gamblers NFL QB tiers. And it's been a long list. We are now to number 20. We are now to the nuts and bolts of this thing. And it's been a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing. Uh, Sam Darnold was killed by Matthew D'Angelo Antonio. I love PJ Walker. Drew Crookson is just shaking his head at us over and over again. But now we're here to people that can actually win you a Super Bowl. And we're trying to determine 
when that starts. When does this list actually hit a point where we have Super Bowl winning quarterbacks at the helm? And it might be today. It might start today when we go through numbers 20 to number 11. But how we got here, let me start off at number 32, who was Taysom Hill. Number 31, Alex Smith. 30 was Drew Locke. 29, Sam Darnold, thanks to Dangles. Jalen Hurts was 28. Daniel Jones, 27. Tua, 26. Carson Wentz, 25. Jimmy G, 24. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 23. Teddy Ballgame at 22. And the Detroit Lions all-star, Jared Goff, at number 21. Now, let's get into the list. Number 20, and we begin this list with a goodbye. Because this man is retiring from the game, one of the all-time greats, one of my favorite players ever to watch. And he's been on our list every five years we've done it. The highest he's been is number seven, and this is the lowest he has been at number 20 as he leaves the league. But he's also the first quarterback on our list to start all 16 games last season. In fact, he has started all 16 games all five years we've done this list, one of only two quarterbacks to do so. And in fact, he has started all 16 games since 2006. This man hasn't missed a start since 2006, and he is missing his next start because he's retiring from the league. Goodbye, Phil Rivers. Noodle arm is gone. He comes in at number 20. Drew, I know he's one of your least favorite quarterbacks, but you got to give respect to the guy who hasn't missed a start since 2006, a surefire Hall of Famer, one of my favorite players to watch as I've been watching football. Let's give a swan song to old Phil. No, hey, man, I you're right. I, I thought Phil was... Uh, especially when I joined the podcast, you guys had a little bit of a, uh, you guys had some pent up love and some strange affection for Philip. Um, however, you're right, Tony. I mean, what a stud as far as his durability, his consistency, and he really did play well this year. And I think 20 is a perfect number for him. I think I had him literally right at 20. You did. And um, I think he can be proud of, especially his last performance. Um, given the Bills all they wanted on the road. I think he's got a very colorful uh, broadcasting career if he chooses to pursue that. But from what I read... Uh, God, I hope so. I think he's... I, well, from what I read, I think he's going to, you know, have a ball cap on, be coaching football for a long time, too, with his 17 kids. And uh, so... That's why he wears that number. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Respect to Phil. Great career. And uh, definitely going to miss his sound bites. The best clean trash talker ever to play the game oh absolutely. absolutely the best clean trash talker yeah hat tip to old phil i'm i'm it's gonna be tough to see him leave we got a couple of people on this list today that might be leaving but phil's definitely retired and uh, he goes out at number 20 and good on you number 19 however he's been on this list five straight years as well the highest he's been is number 12 this is the lowest he's been at number 19 and my question to you d'angelo antonio you had this man exactly at number 19 can the can a team win a super bowl with kirk cousins i don't think so He's just not consistent enough. I mean, it's it's so up and down with him. There are games he started off the year very hot last year. Felt like he was finding Adam Thielen every single week. Uh, I know because he helped me. He helped me to a very good record in your fantasy league this year. Um, but uh, he just fell off the fell off the wagon towards the end of the year. You know, this is the guy, the first eighty four million dollar guaranteed man. Uh, Dak Prescott's contract now dwarfs that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little while. I do not think Kirk Cousins is a guy you can win a Super Bowl with. He's he's never been particularly consistent, despite the fact that he's had 
good weapons, good offensive great weapons. weapons. Um, but no, you know what I mean? Like it's not, there's no, there's no real excuse. And he's had solid offensive lines too. So I, I don't really see much of an excuse and I don't see him as a guy who, who you can, uh, who you can win for his, oh, a Super Bowl with. Yeah, I don't see it either, Drew, but I, I mean, I'm also biased. I have the Green Bay flag behind me. I think Kirk Cousins is a joke. Drew, you are the Detroit Lions fan. Minnesota's always been better than those Lions. Do you think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? He's a classic guy where you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, you can win a Super Bowl with him, but you can't win a Super Bowl because of him. Yeah. I think if you have an all-world defense and you got you know Justin Jefferson and uh, Dalvin Cook and Thielen, um, you know, and a great offensive line. Yeah, I mean, like I, I definitely think you could make a run and per- perhaps grab a Super Bowl if the stars align. But he he does nothing for me as far as strike any type of fear in. in and again, this is a guy that threw for about 800 yards at, at Ford Field the last time he played the Lions, I think, in Week 16. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's I think he's the most conservative, uh, vanilla, good starting quarterback. I do think he's a top 20 quarterback, but. I would not want him leading my franchise uh, if I had Super Bowl aspirations. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Before we move on, I feel like I need to correct myself because I was just looking at I was just looking at his game log and I had it completely bass backwards. His first half of the season was wretched, and his second half of the season he was one of the best passers in the NFL. Either way, my point about consistency stands. I just wanted to correct myself because that was just like so very wrong. That's okay, Dangles. You're going to be wrong for the next few minutes on this podcast. Don't you worry. Number eighteen coming in Woo-hoo! now. Now, this man has won a Super Bowl, but I'm going to ask you if he can win a Super Bowl right now because he is playing with coming back for one more year. We can say he's won a Super Bowl also because for the first four years we've done this list, he was never lower than number four overall. He comes in at number 18 because that's how many ribs he broke this season. Drew Brees is our 18th ranked quarterback. If I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, I understand Drew Brees is my is my history. He is my guy. He's been on my team forever. He is my Tom Brady. But after seeing what Drew Brees can do even before the injury, it's just not there anymore. Is he still one of the best passers in the league and trying to hit a five-yard slant route to Michael Thomas to move the chains? Absolutely. He's still a great decision maker. But you need to be able to stretch the field in today's offense. And with all those weapons like Alvin Kamara, if they didn't have Alvin Kamara taking those screen passes for 20 yards a pop, that offense would be middling at best. I don't know if I have a guy to replace him on my roster, whether whether I sign Jameis Winston or I keep Taysom Hill. I think Drew Brees is still a better option than those two. But I'm not sure if I'm a Saints fan if I can win a Super Bowl right now with Drew Brees. Am I off-putting on that? Because this guy, talk about sure fire Hall of Fame, but this is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I don't think so. Well, and you, but you bring up, you brought up slant boy, Michael Thomas. And, and you know, that they love that. They love that five yard little wrap. When you look past that on the depth chart, things start to thin out a little bit. Uh, as far as the talent level, you got, you know, the, you know, the Traquan Smiths and the, the Tommy Lee Jones or whatever the hell his name is. Tommy Lee Harris. I actually, Tommy I Lee Jones from is. the fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Harris, I think is who every outhouse, head house. <laughs> they don't have a lot of weapons outside of Michael Thomas. And you're absolutely right. You need to be able to stretch the field these days. Um, um, and Drew Brees just doesn't seem to have it anymore, and that was very evident when he came back from that injury. I'm I'm right there with you, Tony. Guys, he's so limited. Come on, I mean his like he, his stats were inflated. They could kind of hide him and in certain spots. It was so evident. He's so limited. And again, it just proof you know every day that Tom Brady is just not of this world. It happened to Peyton Manning. I think it's kind of the process of happening to Big Ben. And I mean the Rivers or sorry uh, Brees's last game. In the playoffs against the Bucks, I mean, you could make an argument he single-handedly, basically, 
you know, handed over the victory to the Bucks. There, he didn't. He didn't give his team a shot to win. No. Um, the the, the guy the guy you know the, the guy will never have to buy a drink in New Orleans again. Uh, he's had an unbelievable career, um, put up gaudy numbers, and again, I think he has a future in the broadcast booth or coaching, and I think he'll be successful in any venture he chooses to pursue after football. Um, if I'm a States fan, it's weird to even say this, but I'm hoping that Drew Brees is not my quarterback next year. There's no doubt in my mind. I hope he's uh, not in the booth. I really don't want to hear about what Drew Brees has to say about really anything anymore. But uh, he's a great football player. I'll give him that. And you mentioned the guy right now that's coming in at number 17. He's also a Super Bowl winner. In fact, he's won two of them. And he's uh, he's signed up to come back for one more year he's been on our list all five years the highest he's been is number five he falls to his lowest spot at number 17 i had him a little bit higher though i had him as a top 13 player dangles you had him at number 20 one of the biggest differentials we're gonna have on this list today big ben roethlisberger comes in at number 17 dangles you had him as a top 20 quarterback yeah, well, I mean, and I'm curious. So I usually go first. I, you, Tony, what do you see in Drew in Ben Roethlisberger that that I clearly don't? Well, I, I saw a, a, an offense that failed, not a quarterback that failed. That offense was 11 and 0 at the beginning of the season, and it was based off of Big Ben slinging the rock to his four wide receivers that could make plays. And he was th- he was doing what Drew Brees wasn't. He was throwing the ball down the field with ease, with accuracy, making plays. Claypool and and you know uh, Juju was over the middle of the field. He had he had weapons almost everywhere. And when Deontay Johnson's healthy, that's one of the best wide receivers he's ever had. And he had a lot of fun throwing that deep ball. That team fell apart because the team uh, defenses figured out they were never going to run the ball successfully. So they got to play a little bit more of a zone. They got to pick off those short passes. And they did a lot of plays to hide that offensive line as well. It was one of the worst offensive lines in football due to injury and due to ineptitude. The center pouncey has retired. Roethlisberger has decided to come back. And I think Big Ben can still win you a Super Bowl. I might be alone in this podcast and the guy that thinks that can happen, though. Drew, what do you think? Can Big Ben win you a Super Bowl? Sorry, Tony. Where did you have him ranked in your personal rankings? I had him as 13th ranked quarterback. Oof. Yeah, I don't... I don't think he's top fifteen quarterback that's just, anymore. Yeah, man. that's I, just too high yeah, for me. I, I'm not. I, 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 I might have given him a little low at twenty, but that's. I mean. Yeah, and I was. I was in between both of you at eighteen, and I. He, here's what I saw. I, you know, down the stretch, you're right. His his offense. They looked. I don't think you can excuse a team, a Steelers team that was eleven and zero, mm-hmm. and people were literally talking about them going undefeated. Yep. I don't think you can excuse that. To, a bad offensive or lack of run game. No, we saw in this podcast to, that they to, weren't good. To, exactly. To them, all of a sudden, having the first play of the playoffs when Schaefer the Sharp has them at minus six, <laughs> uh, a, a shotgun snap go over their freaking head, and Roethlisberger is 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 huddling around it like a hot potato. Like, what is going on? I, I Again, I know he said he's coming back, which he's made that clear. Now he is coming back. Maybe he has something to prove. Maybe he'll prove me and Dangles wrong. But I don't know how you can see any of what he did last year and have him in a top 15 starter. I really don't. Yeah, this it's, is my opinion. I mean, and, and the other thing about him is, I mean, I think I also factor in the fact that he's he's old and he's he's not a healthy old either. Tom Brady is old but healthy. Ben Roethlisberger is not healthy. He's hurt pretty much every part of his body at some point. His fingers are all jacked up, and and uh, you're absolutely right, Tony. He did have issues with with his offense failing him. Um, his receivers dropped tons of passes, despite them having a, a lot of talent. 
Um, but I, again, I just, I, I don't think he's trending in the right direction. I feel really comfortable with him where I had him at, had him at 20. Um, I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to win another Super Bowl. Hall of Famer for sure, but probably not going to win another Super Bowl. Who would you rather have right now? Say you had a team that was a quarterback away, like last year's Tampa Bay Bucks. Who would you rather have manning this year's team? Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger? My pick is Ben Roethlisberger, ben, and it's easy. Well, sure, but not sure. even close. Yeah, yeah. In that, in that, in that particular comparison, yeah, I, I would think I probably would rather have Ben Roethlisberger. But it's it's close. All right, that's all I needed to hear. I think I'm right on Ben. Number seventeen, he comes in. You're we not. Have a, <laughs> we have a tie so for fifteen and sixteen. We have a tie for fifteen and sixteen, and I personally think neither of these players can win you a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan comes in at number 16. We all had him around here, only two spots differential. He's been falling ever since his MVP year on our list. He came in at number three on our list, then seven, then eight, then 10. Now at 16. He has started all 16 games this year. Is Matt Ryan ever going to be a top 10 quarterback again, or is this where Atlanta is going to be stuck with? He has some of the best weapons in the league. You cannot deny the weapons on that team. He also produces stats, but kind of like Kirk Cousins, I'm not scared of Matt Ryan anymore. And should you? Should I be? I want to see. I want to see kind of a, a extreme makeover with him. I think the Dan Quinn thing lasted way too long. Uh, they should have fired him the year after. Um, n- n- not the 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 subsequent year where they lost the Super Bowl, but that was so clearly just Super Bowl hangover for years and years yeah. and Dimitrov and Quinn and Blank. So I'm willing to take a flyer on Matt Ryan with this uh with with, with a new system here. Arthur Smith Obviously, good offensive mind. Maybe get a, a healthy Julio, Calvin Ridley. I am not ready to, you know, say he's even on the backside. He's he's clearly he's clearly like not in his prime, but I still think he can play at a high level. And I'm curious to see what he does this year. I do think he has the ability. He throws some of the worst interceptions in the fucking league, though. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Wow, does he throw some bad interceptions? But um, I want to see kind of a makeover with their offense and their coaching and see what he's got. Dangle, do you think uh, he's a top 10 quarterback in the future, or do you think he's always going to be here at, now, at number 16 now? Yeah, I, I think we're looking at teens, uh, maybe high teens tops, but but mid to low teens for probably the rest of his career. I mean, the guy's 36, um, and as you said, he's got a lot of weapons around him, and he's been just fine. Now, I guess we'll see. We'll see, as you said, Drew, we'll see what happens with this uh, new offensive head coach who's a former offensive coordinator. We'll see what happens when he comes in. But I, I, I think Matt Ryan's glory days are probably behind him. He's a guy who can keep you competitive throughout the year. Um, but beyond that, I, I don't see him being a guy who's going to have a, a surge. His best chance was in, in 2016, and he had a 25-point lead to do it and just couldn't make it happen. Jesus Christ, Angles. And he's tied with the guy that comes in number 15, and the way we break ties on this podcast is the quarterback with the highest individual ranking goes ahead of him. And Dangles, you got some splaining to do because this man is in his third year in the league. He came in in this podcast. He was the 10th overall quarterback. He fell to 22nd last year. He rises up to 15th this year. He started the past 32 games for the Cleveland Browns. He made the playoffs this year and could not beat Chad Henney in the end. Baker Mayfield comes in for the 15th ranked quarterback dangles this is the first quarterback on this list that someone has had in the top 10 you have baker mayfield as the 10th best quarterback in the league tony cavallo has baker mayfield as the 19th best quarterback in the league this is the highest differential that we've had always hated baker listen there's nothing against baker okay i have just seen what baker's limitations are 
And I think uh, the the head coach there did a lot of great things to make Baker Mayfield use his strengths and not use his weaknesses. I just know for a fact I've seen so many red zone missed throws by Baker Mayfield in a clean pocket to know I don't want that guy leading my team. I don't think he can win us a Super Bowl. I don't think he's the reason that he, I'm not planting my flag for Baker Mayfield. I want to know why you think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. I love what I saw this year from him. For him to take that franchise to the playoffs and do do what I mean, sure, you can give a lot of credit to Kevin Stefanski. He did a great job going in there, changing the offense, um, making it less about Baker Mayfield, make, just distributing the ball a little more evenly. And they had an incredible run game this year that really I think really made Baker Mayfield be a little bit more comfortable. Um, that he could rely on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to do some of the dirty work for him, as opposed to in previous years where he's just had to do everything. He shouldered that responsibility. Well, he took a Browns franchise that's got some good players on it, but they've had these kind of good players for several years, and it's never really coalesced into anything until this season where they made the playoffs. I love the future for this kid. He's also he's also just more down to earth now, and I think he's more focused and more driven uh, and, and more just lasered in on, on on what he wants. I think you could just see it in the way he answers questions. You know, he was asked once I, I, I forget if it was this past season. You know, if it, I, it was like a post game interview in one of the early Monday Night Football games, and you know, one of the interviewers made a crack about him waking up feeling dangerous, or how did you feel when you woke up this morning? And he was like, "That's not me anymore. Just stone faced. That's not me anymore. This is a guy who is." on a mission he wants to prove everybody wrong uh and i love what i saw out of him so i'll stand by ranking him 10th in the league i like the personality change i like the fact that he's become a leader but again i don't think you can win a super bowl with baker mayfield drew nick Foles won a super bowl anything's possible my, my thing with baker is as a gambler i think Baker's one of the easiest quarterbacks to handicap and that automatically makes me think his ceiling is just not even comparable to the superstar quarterbacks in this league. I just think his ceiling is very, very moderate. Um, just because he's, he's hand, he, he, he has to have a good running game, a good offensive line. you got to protect him. They have a great running game. That's exactly what I'm saying. But you put him on the Jaguars, he's 1-15. in 15. Yep. He just is. That's, that, 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 that's, that's what he is. You put Deshaun Watson on the Jaguars, they're winning six games. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not degrading what he did this year, Dangles. Like he was, he, I mean, to bring Cleveland to the playoffs and his improvement was excellent. He had an unbelievable playoff performance against the Steelers. Yep. Um, played okay against the Chiefs. Um, and yep. I think he's perfect for the Browns. I think he's perfect for that system, for the run heavy Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, good offensive line. I think he's a good leader. Um, and I kind of like his personality, and, and I know he get a lot of shit for commercials. Uh, he improved vastly, but I just think I don't hate I the progressive ads. There, they they make me chuckle sometimes. No, no, I don't, no, no. I don't, I don't no, hate him at all. I hate the progressive. Well, ads. but listen, he was doing he he had all those ads when he was four and twelve and was awful. That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. So I have him at fifteen. I think that's a perfect place for him, um, right in the middle of the pack as starter. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see if he can follow up a career year with another good year. It has to. Yeah, you have to keep building upon it because you want that second contract and it's coming up sooner than you think for Cleveland fans. But again, Baker started all 16 games this year. I should also mention that both Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins started all 16 games as well. That matters a lot to me because as you know, once you lose your quarterback, you lose games. Let's go on to number 14, though, who's also in a tie with number 13. This man has started the all 16 games for the past three years of his deal. The highest he's been on this, on this list because he's been here all five years was number seven. He comes in at number 14. 14. He was 18th last year. A little bit of improvement. I personally think, unlike most Oakland fans and Las Vegas fans, I personally think you can win a Super Bowl with Mr. Derek Carr. 
Am I wrong on that? Because we all had him around here. There was not a lot of differential between us. He comes in at 14th on our list. I think this is where you start to see quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl just being the quarterback. I think it's it's crazy that we literally have talked about Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. I think they're all very, very similar in the sense where I do think they need uh, a better team around them to win that Super Bowl. I think Carr's got a little more arm talent than Baker and Kirk Cousins. See, I disagree because um, I think I don't think I don't think the Raiders playmakers are even close to what the Browns have or what the Vikings have. I think the Raiders playmakers stink, other than oh, no, no, the running back no. and the tight end. No, you misunderstood me. I that no, you're you're right. I'm saying if Derek Carr had the necessary ingredients, I think like if Derek Carr was thrown into a Minnesota, yeah. if he was thrown into a Cleveland, d- does he make those teams that much better than a Cousins or Mayfield? I think that'd be an interesting experiment. Obviously. We have to speculate accordingly, um, but I think they're all in the very. I think they're in the similar vein. I do think it's telling. Oakland is a very is a team I'm going to be really interested in in the draft for the quarterback position. Yeah, I'm curious if they're going to take a flyer in a late round. They might trade up, try to get their guy. I think that's going to be telling to to, to figure out what they have in, or, or I, I should say, what they think about Derek Carr and the future of Derek Carr in Las Vegas. Oakland is, or Las Vegas is is never going to win a Super Bowl until they stop picking up other teams' defensive scraps and actually put a, a 11 guys out there on defense who can do something to help Derek Carr, like, not have to do everything by himself. Like, that's that's the bottom line for me. I, I'm I, And you're right. They don't have a lot of weapons on offense. We'll see what happens with Henry Ruggs. He had a decent first year. was a little bit marred by injury. But, um, look, he's another guy who who's asked to do a lot as quarterback and I'm comfortable mentioning him in the same breath in the same area as Baker Mayfield I you know I think they're they're cut from somewhat similar cloth um and they've had you know somewhat similar careers so far uh so look I you know I I don't know I don't know if I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he's a guy who can win a Super Bowl at least not until they get a better defense around him there needs to be a more complete team before I see that for the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr I don't even think it's close I would take Carr over Baker 10 times out of 10 and I also think if I'm a team like New England that does not have a quarterback and for whatever reason, Vegas does not seem to love Carr. They don't seem to want him to be a part of the future there for whatever reason. Nobody really knows why, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And if I was a team like New England, I would be the first in line to try and steal him because I think Carr has a future in this league. I think he's here for the next 10 years, and I'd I think he that. can win you a Super Bowl. I'd love that. I don't dislike him at all. I don't dislike him at all. I don't mean that to, to think that I think he's a bad quarterback. I was really impressed with his. He had you know a bit of a glow up this year. He struggled the last few years. We obviously we all know about that you know near MVP season. I think it was four or five years ago that that got cut short but with a really gnarly injury. Um, but I still think he's got a lot of good to do in this league. And if there are some more pieces around him and and just a couple of playmakers, um, I, I definitely think he could he could be looking at that and be a contender. Let's go to a quarterback now who is tied with Derek Carr, but he is the highest because Drew has him as number 12th overall he is the first overall pick from last year and he needs some playmakers as well and he also needs an offensive line because he did not make it through 16 games he was hit more than any other quarterback when he went down with an injury but from what we saw to Joe Burrow we each thought he did well enough to earn him the 13th overall spot Drew you had him the highest what do you love about Joe Burrow and do you think since he has their man so what we just talked about Baker Mayfield Carr Cousins how these guys are kind of with the exception of Carr, they kind of needed a team around them to show out. Joe Burrow had nothing around him, and he still showed out. He was on the worst offensive line in the NFL. I was so impressed with him. If it wasn't for you know the all-world rookie performance of Justin Herbert, I think you know it, it would have been neck and neck for for, for rookie of the year. Um, I, I I I am a smoking Joe fan, 
Um, I Me hope he too. comes back from injury. But I mean, just his just his maturity. Not only his maturity. I mean, he came in. He demanded almost. He almost demanded leadership from day one from training camp. He made Zach Taylor, who was you know I still think he's not a good coach at all. But he made Zach Taylor like almost <laughs> approachable with the media, like based on based on his performance. So I love Joe Burrow. I'm very very impressed with not only his accuracy, but he just seems mature beyond his years, his pocket presence. He's got a, you know, he, he, he can beat you with a long ball. He can, he can be accurate on the, on the shorter passes. He was tough um, as nails too. Very bullish about his future. Tough as nails. Like I said, his, his tore his ACL and that was bound to happen. That was the biggest, I mean, you just knew that was going to yeah, happen. Get it out of the way pers- in your rookie year. That way you don't have to deal with it unless you tear your other ACL. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on Mr. Burrow. And uh, I think he's. I love him too. I think he's everything. I think he's everything that Baker Mayfield is not, as far as his ability just to make plays with no help, he, with his feet, fit in a tight window, throw a deep ball. Um, I think he's really talented dude, and I like him a lot. Certainly does bode well for uh, for his future there. Just what he was able to do with next to nothing, and he was keeping pace with Justin Herbert for that first part of the season there before he got hurt. I'm interested to see what Cincy does a couple years down the line because they are known as the cheapest team in the NFL, and Joe Burrow will be the highest paid quarterback when his contract comes up. I'm interested to see if Cincy tries to play the uh, franchise tag with him like Washington did a long time ago with Kirk Cousins. Number twelve coming on the list. Hand up. I was wrong on this guy last year. He was number 20 on the list the year before that he was number 36 he rises up to number 12 and I'm willing to say which is a rarity for me that I was wrong on evaluating this guy he started all 16 game for the Tennessee Titans we all had him around here in fact I had him exactly at number 12 I thought last year Ryan Tannehill was a flash in the pan this guy's the real deal I know I can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill whether I have Derrick Henry or not I just did not see it, obviously, in Miami under the Adam Gase protocols. But Ryan Tannehill is a gamer, a player, and a steal for the Tennessee Titans for how much money he's making. Anything else you got to say about Ryan, or is he right where he needs to be at number 12? I don't think he gets any higher. I don't think he's ever a top 10 nah, quarterback. He's right, he's right where he, no, he's right where he needs to be, right where he should be, and he's, he's earned that contract, and I, I love what I, you love a comeback story, and, and he's a fun one. He's, he's exactly where he needs to be, and I think that's the reason, if you're the New York Jets, you have to, unless you just get an all-world and an all-world guy you can't miss, but that second pick is becoming more increasingly, increasingly valuable. I think you have to write out Sam Darnold's last year of his contract because of what Tannehill is doing in Tennessee. You just got to see what you have, man. You just got to see what you have without Gase. Now for number 11, the last guy we're going to talk about today, we're going to save the top 10 for another podcast. We haven't talked about a few players, including another rookie in Justin Herbert, but number 11, oh, I should say Tannehill started all 16 games, as did number 11. For the talks of how many injuries this guy had, he still started all 16 games last year. He's been on this list for five straight years. He was number nine, the highest he's ever been. He was the lowest at number 16, 14 last year, came in at number 11 on the list this year. I personally had him as a top 10 quarterback at number nine. He's the only quarterback other than Dangles having Baker in the top 10 that we had in the top 10 that didn't make the top 10, but he is the last hope for Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams as they're currently built. Matthew Stafford comes in at number 11, and I know Drew thinks you can win a Super Bowl with him. I know I think you can win a Super Bowl with him. Dangles, I assume you think the same. Is L.A. a Super Bowl contender immediately because Matthew Stafford is helming the helming the rock over there? I mean, they made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and, and that, that worked out. Now, granted, Todd Gurley was scoring just about every single game, twice a game that season, um, and they don't... 
obviously have Todd Gurley anymore. I do love what I see out of their rookie uh, Daryl Henderson uh, this year, or what I saw. What I saw. Cam Akers. Was his second year this year. Um, Cam Akers. I'm sorry. Is the yeah, you're right. Well, Cam Akers, Cam Akers is the rookie. You're right. I still love what I saw in the second year from Daryl Henderson. Um, and Cam Akers obviously had a great showing. The running game is there. Um, I think this is only a plus a plus up for the Los Angeles Rams. They get a guy who's a consistent passer, a guy who's going to throw for 4,000 plus yards every year for you and complete a high percentage of passes and have a high passer rating. Um, he is indeed Sean McVay's last chance because he's had opportunities and he hasn't quite gotten there. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm excited to see uh, Jared Goff in, in the Rams blue and yellow. I think Matthew Stafford is an absolute steal. If you play fantasy and you don't want to spend big money in an auction on a quarterback, I think Matthew Stafford is the guy you go for. Drew, what are your predictions for Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams this year? I'm rooting for him, first of all. Um, I know it, it's kind of a cliche and it's kind of, you know, it's when someone leaves and like, oh, he's such a, but he really was, man. Like in Michigan, um, in that community, just no one said a bad word about him. Um, and I know his wife wasn't without controversy, but <laughs> Stafford was not, you know, he, he, he just was, he just always was just a, people would see him out. I had numerous friends would see him out and about once in a while or his house and just a nice guy, man. And, and, and a tough guy, good man. And, um, I'm really rooting for the guy. And I do think, I do think that this marriage of him and McVeigh, um, you know, I think that ceiling is through the roof. Yeah. Um, I think their floor is, you know, is still pretty high just based on that defense they have over there and some of their playmakers. So, you know, my prediction, uh, for the Rams, uh, and obviously we'll get deep, 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 elbow deep in the off season stuff and win totals and all those prop bets that we'll have. But, I think right now, as I'm sitting here in the, you know, about March Madness about to start, I mean, I think the Rams, to me, are certainly the favorite to come out of, uh, I'm sorry, to win their division. Of course. And then, um, you know, they're they're right there. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any team in the NFC, Packers, Bucks, that, you know, if the Rams are clicking and they can, let's just put it this way. I think the Rams have the most potential of any team in the NFC. I agree That's with you. I think. I'm going to be spending big money on the Rams' futures. I, I believe in the Rams, and I believe in the Colts next year. I'm very excited to see it, and that is the end of our list for today. Number 20 through 11, Matthew Stafford just misses going in the top 10. He's been in the top 10 a couple of years ago, did not make the top 10 again, but that means there's a few young guys that are in the top 10. We might have ranked them a bit high, but we're saving that conversation for a later podcast. Thank you for listening to this side of the podcast. It's been a very fun show. As you hear under us right now for the last time, Gene Makovsky's song, the Left Coasters podcast theme song. Enjoy it while it lasts because next week, Selection Sunday is here. We're going to debut a new show, a new song, a new March Madness bets. We're going to be making money all over the place. For Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, my name is Tony Cavallo, and that's it for the West Coast Gamblers. And as always... Ram it. It's a new day. Yes, it is.